that was not an earthquake. That was just the iPad camera slipping. So hopefully none of you fell over sideways with it because that will kind of do it to you. So anyway, special shout out today goes to Uncle Lyle and Aunt Linda Morgan in Arizona. My wife's uncle and aunt have been such a blessing to us and been humble servants to family throughout their lives. And so St. Lucie told me you guys were watching. If you didn't catch it very first, you can go back and watch it again later to see St. Lucie greet us this morning. So we love you, Lyle. Love you, Linda. And um, Lyle, now that you've had your cochlear implant and that's working well, you have to listen to Linda. So, we love you guys. God bless you. And then, um, I'm not, it's probably good that I can't hear exactly what Lyle said in response to that little encouragement. But anyway, praise the Lord. You know, yesterday I was looking at my sermon notes and, and I got excited for today. Like, even though we're not gathered together in the same room, we're gathered together in the name of Jesus through modern technology. And then these are the days we live in with social distancing and self-isolation and all those um, buzzwords that are common in our vocabulary now, but we're together. And I look forward to being with you. I want you to know that your pastor loves you and um, I pray for you and um, long for you to, to bring yourself to a place where God can pour all his best into you. And so uh, that's my prayer for you today. And we'll have a prayer time here in just a minute. But before we do, I want to remind you that you can give online uh, to everybody that we can. We've emailed a link to uh, a website where you can uh, give online. You're also welcome to mail your tithe and offering check to Desert Hills Community Church, 129 Sixth Avenue West, including Idaho 83330. Uh, I went online after the sermon time a week ago and uh, gave online for the first time, and I'm going to do that again today. And so I encourage you to join me and be faithful. Every pastor I've talked to said that their church is experiencing a decrease in giving because the, some of the normal channels of giving aren't uh, open to them or aren't as easy to put into effect and so giving is slowed down and that's the same for this church and so I want you to know that our expenses still go on nothing in the in the COVID-19 novel coronavirus has changed the expenses overhead of the church so please give please be generous and uh, giving soon would be a good thing uh, so that we can continue to be current with all of our bills and obligations and so uh, once again, the address is 129 West, excuse me, 129 6th Avenue West, Gooding, Idaho, 83330. We, uh, last week, there were people from Idaho, of course, that watched our uh, live stream of our worship service. And there were folks from Arizona, from Alaska, from California, from Nebraska, and from Texas that I'm aware of. And so I want to greet you all. And we are one in the name of Jesus and by faith in him. We are one today and we are one forever. I read to you from Luke chapter 9 verse 51 about Jesus. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set 
his faith to go to Jerusalem. That was his focus. His days, his time on earth had meaning and purpose and intention and focus. The writer of Hebrews, um, after having described all that's worthy to be praised about Jesus, and said, so we fix our gaze on him, on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so that's what we're doing in our worship service today. We're choosing to set this time apart from uh, our regular schedule, as if any of us have a regular schedule these days, but we set this time apart and make it a, a focus of worship on Jesus Christ. So let us, as we gather together through this live stream, uh, set our gaze on Jesus and Him alone. Let Him be Lord. Let Him be our personal, humble King. And I know there are many prayer requests. Uh, if you follow the the links and the tutorials that have been placed on our Facebook page the last couple of weeks. Uh, you can uh, register with us on Faith Life, and that will give you access to make comments on the live stream and to, and to give prayer requests. The comments can be seen publicly, and the prayer requests are private. Only those administrators of our Facebook page can see those, and so you can open your heart and share with us um, what's on your heart there and we will protect that and I want you to know however you choose to pray God hears in the book of Revelation Jesus stands at the door and knocks so he is always initiating relationship with you and so we can come to him in prayer another scripture says to come boldly to the throne room of grace the very throne room where all the majesty and glory and infinite unchallenged power of God resides is a throne room of grace, unmerited favor, God's goodness and love and salvation pour out of him to us. And so Jesus stands at the door of your heart and knocks today. And so we can be bold, we can be honest, and we can seek him in prayer. Let's pray now. Heavenly Father, we give you glory and honor and praise. We thank you for the privilege that we have to come to you. God, we come from many places with one heart to worship Jesus Christ. And Lord, you know our needs, you know our desires, you know our wants. You know us better than we know ourselves. And God, you want to do for us more than we can think or even imagine. And so we offer ourselves to you. We humble ourselves before you, our humble King, and thank you for your great salvation. This day, when we remember that Christ set his face on Jerusalem, and he entered Jerusalem for one final time to spend the rest of his days on earth there and to go to the cross, to be the sacrifice, to shed his blood, and to give his life to enable us to be forgiven, to be set free, to be reconciled to Almighty God, our Father in heaven. And so, Jesus, we give you all the glory and honor and praise. And we come to you with great needs today. You know what they are for each one of us. And so, Lord, I ask you that your will, that is good and pleasing and perfect, will be done in each one of our lives. Thank you that you hear our prayers, and thank you that we are invited to come boldly into the place of grace, your throne, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to be this morning in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 41 through 48. So, Lorna, I'm giving you a heads up so you can turn to the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third book of the New Testament. 
Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 48. If you don't own a Bible, you can download a Bible app for free. There's more than one. The one that I like is called YouVersion, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. There's a free version you can download, YouVersion, and uh, you can pull up scriptures there easily and, and read along uh, the, the sermon slides. Uh, for those who are registered um, on our Facebook page, we'll, we'll scroll through as we're progressing through the sermon today. So this is Palm Sunday. The day when traditionally we celebrate all the praise and adoration that Jesus received when he entered Jerusalem uh, at the beginning of his last week of life on earth. Today's sermon is entitled, In the Tension, and it's Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 48. Here in a minute, we'll read that together. So Palm Sunday... Typically, the day of great rejoicing, it, it feels like a respite of joy in an otherwise serious season of Lent when we focus on repentance and sacrifice and denial and, and repositioning ourselves to be open before God. And then Palm Sunday comes along. And normally, uh, churches, including this church, would have a parade of children to go through the sanctuary waving palm branches and, and shouting Hosanna, which is a biblical word that means save us, save us now. And so that's what the people um, cried out when Jesus entered Jerusalem um, on that beginning of Holy Week, as we call it now. Save us now, Hosanna. And so we sing upbeat songs and celebrate what we refer to as Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So it might feel strange when, when we get to reading the text today that it's not the triumphal entry text that is the basis of today's sermon. It's um, the passage that comes right after that. Uh, today is a day of great rejoicing. This is a day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, Scripture tells us. It is a day of great rejoicing. But you know what? It's also a day of mourning, great mourning, because while we look at the triumph of a king entering a city amid shouts of praise, we also know what the journey into the city ultimately means. Jesus knew what that parade into the city ultimately meant that day that um, he was received with shouts of praise in Hosanna. It means something else, too. We're going to look at that today. I want to read to you from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, beginning in verse 41. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another, because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. When Jesus entered the temple courts, he began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, he said, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Every day he was teaching at the temple. 
But the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it, because all the people hung on his words. The Word of God in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 41 through 48. So we sit today within the tension of the shouts of joy of a people who thought they understood what Jesus was coming to do, but in so many ways were missing the mark. We sit today in the tension of knowing that a march in Jerusalem was not a march toward a political revolution, but a dark day of surrender out of deep love for a people who didn't understand. We sit in the tension among palm branches and shouts of Hosanna to see the King of Kings weep over the city as he moves closer and closer to the cross. We sit in the tension of knowing that the kingdom the people thought they wanted, the kingdom that they thought they were getting, wasn't the kingdom Jesus came to usher in. We sit between Hosanna and the cross, and we encounter a weeping Jesus. So, triumphal entries. The triumphal entry of Jesus this day follows the pattern of triumphal entries of that time. Greco-Roman military conquerors would have similar triumphal entries when they entered the city. The conqueror would be escorted into the city by an army or by citizens. The entry would be met with shouts of praise. There were often be elements that symbolically showed what kind of ruler they are, whether political or military. After the entry into the city, the conqueror would usually then march into the temple and make a sacrifice, illustrating their victory. So, much about Jesus' entry follows this model very closely. He entered the city among the citizens and his disciples, his followers, who were laying their cloaks on the ground before him. He entered the city to the shouts of, Hosanna, save us now. He entered on a donkey, which symbolized his humble and peaceful rule. The cloaks on the road and the palm branches also point to this idea. After the entry, he went into the temple. The people who were longing for the Messiah, the Savior, to be a military and political leader would have most likely taken all these similarities as a sign that Jesus was finally going to rise up as the leader they expected. They thought he was coming to overthrow the Roman government and claim the throne. They thought he was coming in as a military force. But Jesus is unique. There are distinct and important differences also in Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The first significant departure from the norm is Jesus weeping over the city and preaching an oracle over it before he enters. While this doesn't follow the Greco-Roman conquer model, it does follow a model set forth by the prophets of the Old Testament. Jesus' oracle is a lament. He grieves over the city and the ways they see what's happening, but they don't understand. 
Jesus continually was trying to get the people to follow him as he really is. But they continued to not understand. Their misunderstanding even extends to this triumphal entry of his. They are still looking for the kingdom of God to be a political occurrence characterized by military strength instead of a humble, peaceful kingdom. This lament connects with Jesus' earlier lament in, also in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, where he longs to gather the people, he says, as a hen gathers chicks. This lament falls in line with the laments of the Old Testament prophet Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah lamented throughout the Old Testament book of Jeremiah about the coming destruction of Jerusalem if they did not change their ways. Jeremiah continued to cry out to the people to repent. We're going to hear that word repent a lot today. It means to turn and go the other way. It means to turn from sin. It means to turn from disobedience to God. And it also means to turn to God, to live for God, by faith in God. And Jeremiah told them repeatedly that exile and destruction would come if they didn't repent. And then the Old Testament book of Lamentations, also by the prophet Jeremiah, was written after Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was desecrated. The people didn't heed the many warnings. Earlier in the sermon series, we talked about Daniel, also a prophet, also weeping and repenting on behalf of the people, now in exile, because what Jeremiah had warned them about had come to pass, because they didn't repent. And Daniel weeps and repents on behalf of all of them. The reference to people being dashed against rocks is another prophetic allusion. The same imagery is also used in, in at least three other places in the Old Testament, in Psalm 137, verse 9, in the book of the prophet Nahum, chapter 3, verse 10, in the book of the prophet Hosea, chapter 13, verse 16. So all these references were toward other empires, like Babylon, and Nineveh, and Samaria, but now Jesus, in our passage today in Luke 19, is declaring that these things will happen to Jerusalem, to God's people. Other prophets also warned Jerusalem about what was about to happen, what would happen without repentance. So this is a common thing, theme among the Old Testament prophets. Some scholars, um, I don't consider myself a scholar, but I agree with this, believe Jesus in this passage is directly referencing the future destruction of a temple in Jerusalem in, that occurred later in the year A.D. 70. Jesus is weeping over the ways the people do not understand and are failing to follow him as the Messiah, the Savior, despite what they have seen. The second significant departure from the customary triumphal entries is that when Jesus enters the temple, he does not go and offer a sacrifice. We find out later, on the day we now call Good Friday, that Jesus is the sacrifice. But on that day of the triumphal entry, 
On Palm Sunday, Jesus doesn't offer a sacrifice, departing from the norm. Instead, he drives some people out of the temple courtyard. Matthew and Mark, two other gospel writers, also reference Jesus, saying, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. So Jesus is again referencing back to Jeremiah. And while there are differences in the, between the Gospels in this account, there is a common theme of Jesus cleansing the temple. The people selling in the temple were taking advantage of the poor. They would, they would not allow, the, people would get there with their own animal that had no defect and should have been approved for sacrifice in the temple and say, you can't use that. And, and then they were selling them the animal that they had pinned up for a highly inflated price. We might be familiar with a little bit of that going on today during this time of, of having a respiratory thing make everybody need to buy toilet paper. So, a den of robbers. And then you know when they took the animal from them that they said they couldn't sell the temple, you know what they did? They put it in the pen with their other animals and sold it to somebody else at a highly inflated price. So, there was some, some thievery going on in the temple. And Jesus drove those people out, saying, my house will be called the house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And Jesus, again, is referencing the Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah. While there... So this common theme of Jesus cleansing the temple. The people who were selling in the temple were taking advantage of the poor. And that's something that Jesus joined the Old Testament prophets in being directly critical of. It illustrates the depth to which they see that they don't understand. Makes me wonder, what do I see? God, give me eyes to see what you want to show me. They're making it difficult for people to sacrifice to the Lord. As Jesus cleanses the temple, uh, there also seems to be a statement in his accent that all people are welcome. Um, he's re-emphasizing his concern for the poor and for the outcasts and his concern for their inclusion in the kingdom of God. And so I want you to know whoever you are, Wherever you've been, whatever you've done, Jesus includes you and invites you into his kingdom. And so by faith in him and trusting in the sacrifice that he's made for the forgiveness of your sins, come and be a part now and forever. Jesus then stays in the temple to teach. Jesus seems to again be trying to get the people to understand the ways that they have strayed from understanding. And he is still giving them an opportunity to repent. He's still giving us an opportunity to repent. And so it's also a reminder for us. Well, this can seem like an odd text for a Palm Sunday. If you're um, used to a different kind of Palm Sunday, it is a reminder for us as we enter into Holy Week, this time from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday to Resurrection Sunday, it is for us an opportunity to remember what Jesus ultimately came to do. How often 
that we also want Jesus to enter into our world as a military or political leader. We can at times view God as being on our side in a conflict instead of seeking what God actually wants for us. This was one of the downfalls of the people in Jerusalem. They were so busy looking for a God who looked like their agenda that they missed the humble servant, Jesus Christ, right in their midst. Like the people in Jerusalem, we can become disillusioned when God shows up in a way we don't expect. We know that within the space of a few days, the shouts of Hosanna will turn to shouts of crucify him. From the time he was born, Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, showed up in ways that people did not expect. And God continues to enter the world in unexpected ways today. How often are we seen but not understanding? Jesus weeps over the city because they continue to repeat the mistakes of their ancestors, pressing the poor, being exclusive in the way they worship, seeking violence instead of peace, and failing to repent of their sin. You know what? That cycle is continued today with the same resistance to repent. Lent, this time of year, walking with Jesus toward Jerusalem, toward the cross, toward the grave, forces us to confront the places that we have become complacent in sin and responsible for sin. Ultimately, Jesus came to bring peace in our lives, in our homes, and in the world. And Jesus was met with resistance from some of the most surprising places, like the religious leaders of his day. Are we also resisting the peace of Jesus? How do we repent of the places we see but don't understand? How do we move to a place where we fully accept that Jesus didn't enter as a military king or a political king, but Jesus entered as the great Prince of Peace? In the midst of our hosannas and songs of praise, we don't want to forget the humble King Jesus who came with humility instead of military power, who came with a message of peace and grace and love for us and for the world. Jesus came to turn over the tables of those who excluded others, and he wept over those who continued to not understand him. Yet, difficult prophetic words for those who continued to repeat the mistakes of their ancestors and refused to repent. We do want to learn and not repeat these same mistakes again today. We must allow Christ to clean up the temples of our lives and our hearts as well as we seek to follow after this new way, this new kingdom, a kingdom so different from the kingdoms of the world, a kingdom of peace, love. So as we sit in this tension between praise and sacrifice, between palm branches 
and a cross. May we learn to seek after the kingdom of God and follow after Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Dear God, we practice today